We don't care where you've been. We care where you're going. Go with us. Amen. Well, good morning, Cross Point Church. How many of you are excited about being here this morning? Amen. <clears throat> it is a great morning to celebrate Jesus and celebrate all that he has done in the life of this church. And I'm excited to see you here this morning, excited about what God is continuing to do through each and every one of us as individuals, but then also as he brings us together as a church. It's just so exciting to watch God at work. Amen. And so I'm just excited to be here with you this morning. Today is a big day for us because we celebrate today in, in several different ways, but we celebrate today the, the finishing up of the vertical series, but not the initiative. We're going to be uh, celebrating today what God has done through this series and, uh, and what it means for us as a church uh, in moving forward. So we'll be celebrating that this morning in, in this service, but also tonight. At 5 o'clock, we're going to have an amazing time together as a church. And I want to just challenge every single one of you in this room today to come out at 5 o'clock to the land. Hopefully by now you know where it is. But uh, come to the land. We're going to have a huge uh, groundbreaking service. It's going to be a great time. For those of you who have kids, there's going to be a lot of uh, machinery out there. If, you, if your small child has ever wondered about how to drive a backhoe, they'll have that opportunity. I'm kidding. But they will have time to climb all over that stuff if they want to. We're going to have bouncy houses. There's even going to be out here this afternoon a monster truck. How many of you ever wanted to climb inside a monster truck? Well, there's going to be one of those. But let me tell you this. Today is, is a day, more importantly than all of that, a day where we can celebrate as a church the things that God is doing among us. Amen? And so, yes, amen. And so we're excited about that, excited about what God is, is doing and what he's going to do through this initiative. This is a three-year initiative. It's not just a series. Uh, we're finishing up the series today, but, but we are just getting started with this, uh, this work that God is, is doing in this place. And it's a time for us to all come out this afternoon. Starts at 5 o'clock. I just hope you'll be there today. It's going to be a great time for us to celebrate with our community all that God is doing. And so let me go ahead and pray for us, and then we're going to dive into the message today. A uh, great message from God's Word just because it's God's Word, not because of the messenger. And God has got a, a, a great uh, Word to speak into our life this morning. So pray with me, if you will, and then we'll dive in together. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit of God, Lord, we do just thank you for your presence in this place. And Lord, how exciting it has been to just celebrate, Lord, with our choir this morning and with our worship team. And Lord, how we've just come here in this place today. To just recognize and to acknowledge that, God, you are so worthy of everything that we could offer in the form of worship. God, we are here today to glorify your name. God, we are here today to worship you and to celebrate, God, the things that you're doing in our life. Lord, we are thankful. We are so thankful for everything that you have brought us through to this point. And, Lord, we go forward believing and trusting and having the faith that, God, you are leading and guiding us every step of the way. And so, Father, we're thankful for your presence here today. We're thankful for your presence in our life each and every moment of our life. And, God, we pray that today as we dive into your word, that you would teach us something about ourselves, teach us something about belonging to each other and as a faith family. And, Lord, teach us something about, about just remembering our purpose in our, uh, our creation, God, and that is to 
to worship you, to glorify your name, to be worshipers through Jesus Christ. Lord, we love you so much, and we praise you, and we thank you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. This morning, we're going to continue in our study of Joshua, and Joshua has been really refreshing to me because I love the book anyway, but, but just walking through this brief uh, part of Joshua, I hope you have been encouraged as well. I was talking to one young man after the first service, and he was just saying how much his faith had increased just through this series. And so that's, that's what we're hoping for. That's what we're praying for. As we've looked at Joshua's story, we've seen the people of Israel. We've seen God's chosen people. We've seen God's people who have responded in a spirit of faith, in a, in a, in a response of faith. They have believed God is calling them to go across that Jordan River. They have trusted that God is, is leading them, that he is sovereign, that he is in control, and that he has them in his hands. And so they are believing this, and they have uh, a degree, uh, agreed and have decided to cross this Jordan River together. And God made provision that they could do that on dry ground as they crossed over the Jordan River. We've seen incredible faith, but we've also seen radical obedience uh, to God's will. You see, the people of God are responding to what, to what God is laying on their heart. And they no doubt believe that God was moving this great nation from one side of the river to the other, but not just to go into, uh, to cross the river, but to go and to take possession of a land that he had promised them so long ago. And so we've seen the people of God do this. We've seen God's people move in a great way. But one of the things that's so exciting to me as a pastor and just uh, as a part of this faith family, is seeing that same faith and that same radical obedience in the life of our church as well. I am so thankful for each and every one of you. And we have something this morning to celebrate. I can't wait to, to just get to that part where we celebrate uh, what I'm sure you're anxious to hear. But I want to just say this morning to those of you who have given to our vertical initiative, thank you for your generosity. It has enabled us to be able to move forward in this great initiative. And so I just want to say thank you for that. For those of you who may still be praying about what you may feel God is leading you to do to participate in this initiative, just know that we as a staff are praying with you. And we, we are praying and hoping that, that you will uh, come along beside the rest of us and, and be a part of this great movement of God. I know that there are probably some of you here today that have probably just started coming to our church and you're trying to figure out what this is all about. Well, let me just tell you this morning that this is all about Jesus. Amen. And this is about investing into the lives of people, investing into this community and being a part of a, of a movement of God and a people of God who are intentional about reaching our community and beyond with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And so that's what we're about. And so this morning, we're going to uh, just celebrate all that God is doing. The message is titled, Pausing to Celebrate. Pausing to Celebrate. And, and as you're going to see in the text that we're looking at today, this is exactly what God's people were doing as they were taking possession of the land that God had given them. Turn with, with me, if you will, to Joshua chapter 5. We're going to Joshua chapter 5 as we finish up this series. And we're looking at verses 10, 11, and 12 today. 10, 11, and 12. Joshua 5. This is an incredible passage to me. Uh, I know I say that probably about every passage. Can uh, Anybody want to just, just uh, confirm uh, with me that God's Word is amazing? Amen? 
God's word is just simply amazing. And, and as, if, if, you're, if you're like me, as you read through it, and God just wows you with a portion of his, his scriptures, you are just wowed by God's word, you, you find yourself going, I think this is my new favorite passage <laughs> and then, until tomorrow, right? And then you read something else that just blows you away. And you just wonder how it is that God can continue to just teach you so much through the reading of his word. And so this is one of these passages as I was studying for this series and, and trying to be selective on the passages that God would have us to, to look at together as a church. This is the passage that God led me to. And it's very powerful because one of the things that we see as we look into the life of God's people is they are, they are preparing themselves to cross the Jordan, which they do. They get over, they build a memorial out of stones, and, and then they move to a place where now they are set up to, to now move up and, and take possession of Jericho. They're, that is the first great obstacle that they're facing. And what we see the people of God do is stop and pause and remember that God is worthy of worship. And God is worthy of celebrating. And God is worthy of everything that we could offer to him. Amen? And so that's what we're going to see here today as we look at this. As we, as we dive into this, we continue in their, in their journey with them. The, the Israelites, they've crossed the Jordan River. Uh, they did that with a great deal of faith. And they, they crossed the Jordan. They, they built this memorial where they took the stones from the river and so uh, last uh, two weeks ago when we took up our go offering, we had the stones down here. If you didn't get your stones, see one of our staff and we can get you a stone. We're going to do something later with those stones during the building uh, part of our campaign. But here we see the people of God make a memorial. And I love this because they said, when your children ask why these stones are so important, you can say because they tell the story of God's great provision. And the reality that God is among us. And I love that. And so I can't wait till, uh, till somebody just asks me, you know, what do those stones mean? What, you know, what, what is that, what's that pile of rocks there mean? And so we can just share with them the great goodness of God. And so we saw Israel do that. But now in this passage, <clears throat> we see that they stop and collectively as a body, as one gathering, as one nation, as God's people, they stop and they pause to celebrate God. And this is a great lesson for us to learn here this morning. Read with me, if you will, verse 10, 11, and 12. It says here in the passage, it says, While the people of Israel were encamped at Gilgal, they kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month in the evening on the plains of Jericho. And the day after the Passover, on that very day, they ate of the produce of the land, unleavened cakes and parched grain. And the manna ceased the day after they ate of the produce of the land, and there was no longer manna for the people of Israel, but they ate of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. Now, one of the things that we know in studying Scripture is that the Passover, and we see it mentioned here, the Passover marks great, a great significance to the people of Israel. The, the Passover is, is huge in their life. It, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a symbol of God's redemption in their life. What we know about the Passover, it is, the, it is a holy and joyful celebration 
of God and what he has accomplished for them. That's what the Passover means to the people of Israel. You know, as we look at the story, as we look at their story, starting in Exodus, we realize that this is God's people being released and, and brought out of, no doubt God was responsible for that, God brought them out of Egypt, out of their bondage, and, and he brought them out of there. But there was so much that took place in that happening. That's a, a very simple version of what took place. One of the things that that, that God revealed to Israel when Pharaoh refused to let his people go is that he would bring great wrath upon the people of Egypt. And so one of the things that they were instructed was to, to slaughter a lamb or a goat or a sheep and to take the blood of that animal, that animal with no blemish, to take the blood of that animal and put it on the door. And as God's wrath swept through Egypt and, 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 and God's wrath was placed upon Uh, the people of Egypt, that what God's spirit would do would be to pass over the Israelites who had placed the blood on their doorpost. And so in this great act of redemption, when God brought his people out of Egypt, they continued to celebrate their redemption and in fact the birth of a great nation, they continued to celebrate this in what they called the Passover. And so here we see that as the people of Israel, they are now going across this river and as they're preparing for all that God is going to take them to next and all the things that he is going to accomplish as they continue to march forward as this great nation, what we see here is that they pause to celebrate. They pause to celebrate this Passover. And this is something that we need to remember, something that is is really important for us to understand, and we'll get to that in just a moment. One of the things I want to say is, is that every time we partake in the Lord's Supper, which we're going to do at the end of the service today, we are also celebrating our redemption, aren't we? You see, blood is of great significance to us. We know that Jesus came and he died and was sacrificed as that unblemished lamb for us, that sacrificial lamb for us, and that blood is what we celebrate. We celebrate the, the blood of Christ And we celebrate our redemption and we remember, we look back and we remember the work of Jesus on the cross when we partake on the Lord's Supper. And so it is great significance for us as well today. But let's uh, let's consider this passage for just a moment. As we look at this today, there are several things here that that really stand out to me. And as I was studying this passage, I thought, man, we need to remember these things. We need to celebrate these things. We We need to remember this. One of the things I wrote down in putting this message together was this, is that we must take the time to celebrate through worship. We must take the time to celebrate through worship. Look at verse 10 with me, if you will. It says, while the people of Israel were encamped at Gilgal, they kept the Passover. I want you to put your place in in their shoes for just a moment. Think about what's happening in their life, the significance uh, of their life in this moment. Here we have the people of God who are not in the promised land, who are on the wrong side of the Jordan, suddenly getting a call from God to to cross over the Jordan River and into the promised land. We've talked about this in these, these sermons that we have been going through here together in this series. But can you imagine 
the questions that would be flowing through their mind. Well, what about the giants? Well, what about the things we don't know? Well, what about the dangers? What about the, the reality that the enemies are great? What about all these things? But instead, the people of God, they, with tremendous faith, decided to follow God, and they crossed that Jordan River. And, and, and I just imagine, as you can as well this morning, the reality that, uh, of the logistics of moving all these people, the people of Israel, across this Jordan River, just the, just the logistics and the organization of it all. And I just I think about the, the leaders and the people that were leading the people across and all the things that they had to think about and consider to move people from one side of the river to the other. And now that they're here, knowing that Jericho is the next place, Jericho is that place in which they would go next, and Jericho would be the place that they're going to take. And as they're preparing for that, it would be real easy for everybody to sort of forget that God is the one who made it possible for them to cross that Jordan River. And it's God who is going to make it possible for them to take Jericho. You see, we're really good as human beings to think practically, aren't we? We're really good to come up with a plan. We're really good to, to think through and whiteboard and do all those practical things. And if, we, and if we're not careful, we can forget that God is the one who's leading us. We can forget that God is the one who's making all this possible. We can forget that God is the one who is the one who is worthy of everything that we could offer. He is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our worship. He is worthy of us bringing glory to his name. He and he alone is worthy. And one of the things I love about this passage is as we see the people move across, and we think about all that they had to do to get prepared, all the things they had to accomplish, all the, the wagons that had to be repaired, all the tents that had to be set up, all the things that they had to do, it's really remarkable that they stopped. And they said, hang on. Before we go any further, let's give thanks to God. Before we go any further, let us worship the one who is worthy of our worship. And so they observed the Passover together. We, we see this as they, they, they begin to take place. They didn't allow the busyness of it all to distract them. I love what Psalm 119, 18 says. It says, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things. And that's my prayer here this morning. Is as we gather in this place that the prayer of our hearts would be to pray that God would open our eyes, that we could see the wondrous deeds of God. Not only those that have already taken place, but that we could consider the wondrous deeds that are going to be required for us to continue moving forward as a people of God, continuing to accomplish the will that He has established, the purpose and the, the reason that He has even called us into existence, that we would be considerate of, of the reality that God is the one who must lead us as we go. Open our eyes, Lord. Open our eyes that we may see the wondrous things that you want us to see. And so I look at this passage and I think, man, we must take the time to celebrate through worship. We must worship God in the midst of this mighty initiative. We must worship God and not look at the accomplishments that have have happened is something that we ourselves have done aside from him. We must remember that he is the one. We must keep our eyes 
on the author and the perfecter of our faith, the Lord Jesus Christ, and know that he is the one that we need to be looking at as we move forward. I remember years ago, as a kid, we were, I don't remember how old we were, but we were about that tall, whatever old that is. Not very good with that anymore. I don't have children, so I've kind of forgotten how old they are at the different heights. But I know we were about that tall. We weren't very tall. And we'd gone to the beach as a family. It was a family vacation. And we, we, we came up and we pulled up to this place and, and we got out. And it was like this big pier. I can remember where, you know, the, this big pier. And there was like this big uh, place where you could go in there and you could buy fishing rods and lures and tackle. I think they call it a bait and tackle store or something like that now. But, but anyway, there was one of those there. And I remember we hit this pier and everybody was excited. We were all pretty, pretty much walking pretty fast. We were excited. And, and my sister, the, my deserving sister, she got ahead of us. And so she, she started moving kind of with a great speed, moving forward. But the only problem with her getting ahead of all of us is she was looking back at us. You ever done that? Where you're, you're looking, you know, here's what I heard the other day before I finish my story. I'm, getting, I'm chasing a rabbit here. They had to put bumpers around the street lamps in New York City because people were running into them looking at their phones. But we were on this dock. And we're going, and my sister was like, yo, come on, you're moving too slow. And she's just, she's walking this way, but she's looking this way. And this is never a good recipe for anything good. And so she's really, and all of a sudden, we see it as children. I stop and I go, "Uh uh-huh, it's going to happen. There was a live well. Now, when I say a live well, I'm saying it was a big one. It was, it was at least two men. It was 12 or 15 feet long, and it was about this wide. It was about that tall off the, off the ground. And she's running this way, looking back at us, and she falls completely. Every ounce of her body goes into a live well where there was about a million live shrimp. And if you can imagine, they all started crawling all over her. And I'm going, yes, yes. <laughs> This is awesome, as long as my other sisters, my parents, of course, ran to her rescue as concerned moms would be. But here she comes up out of that water. It was a baptism, no doubt, up out of the water. She came up out of that water, screaming to the top of her lungs, shrimp falling out of her ears. I mean, they were all over her. She described it as, she says, it felt like there were a million roaches all over me. I've never felt that, but I can imagine, can't you? We had the best day that day (laughs) because she cried all day and I laughed all day. That's what kids do, right? But what an example of us, the dangers we can get into when we, we fail to look at that which we're supposed to look at when we're moving forward in a particular direction. The people of Israel, they said, wait a minute. I know we got a lot of tents to put up. I know we got wagons to fix. I know we got weapons to forge. I know we got all these things to do. But we must remember the Passover. Because really what this is all about is redemption. Really what all this is about is is God's redemption in our life. He has brought us out of Egypt. He has helped us across this river. He has the one who is going to lead us as we continue to go forward. And we will not go forward until we have paused to celebrate and to worship God for all that he has done. 
So one of the greatest lessons that I take away from this is that we must always make sure that we take the time to do this. You know, as individuals, this is really easy, isn't it? We wake up in the morning, we have all the intentions in the world of, of spending time in God's Word, of spending time in prayer. We, we might even wake up a little earlier, and then there's that distraction. And suddenly we find ourselves later running out the door, having not spent any time with God. Distractions in our life. What does your daily time with God look like? I hope it's not just like I saw a lady the other day putting her makeup on the car doing 80 miles an hour down I-75. I thought, how is she doing that? Some of you are laughing because you do it too, right? She was driving with her knee, and she had a powder puff thing out, and she was going down the road, and she passed me. She passed me. That shouldn't be the way our time with God is. Our time with God should be intentional because God has done the greatest he could ever do for us. Amen? How many of you this morning share with me a testimony of God's redemption in your life? Amen. Through Christ Jesus, we have hope. Through Christ Jesus, we have love. Through Christ Jesus, we have everything because he is sufficient. Not only should we take time to celebrate, but I love this. I think celebration should be a time of togetherness. You know, obviously we can worship God as individuals. Obviously we can do that. We do that in our quiet times. We do that putting makeup going 85 miles. No, I'm kidding. You can't do it then. But, but the reality is as individuals we do this, don't we? We, we share, uh, I mean, we, we, we glorify God. We worship God. Hopefully you're worshiping God is, is 24-7. The reality is that you're living your life hoping to bring glory to Him. But what we also see in Scripture is the importance of, of those whom God has gathered together, bringing them together, and to worshiping Him together. And God gives us this remarkable opportunity each and every week, and even in our life groups, coming together in smaller groups, but coming together to worship Him because He is worthy of our worship. Not just as individuals, but collectively together. One of the things that we read here in verse 11 it says, in the day after the Passover, on that very day, they ate of the produce of the lamb. They are getting ready to, to worship God. And then they remember the Passover. They celebrate his greatness through the Passover. And then here together, they are partaking this idea of fellowship, eating together, doing life together. They ate. They came together. You know, I look at Israel and all that they're going through and the reality that they took the time to celebrate, but they also took the time to fellowship, to do life together. They knew that they needed God, but they also knew that they needed each and every one of them. They needed all of them to come together at this time in their life if they were going to be obedient to the will of God in their life. And so here we see the people of God. I, I love this because when we look at Jesus... And, and, and the way he instructed his disciples, when we look at Jesus, we see some of the same things, and especially concerning the, the Lord's Supper, which we're going to partake in just a moment. 
I, I love what we read in Luke chapter 22, verses 7 through 11. I want to read this for you this morning because here's we see we see Jesus preparing to partake in the Lord's Supper, uh, to observe the Passover with his disciples. And one of the things that he is very clear on is that this isn't an individual thing for him. This is something that they do together. Read this with me, if you will. In, in Luke chapter 22, verse 7, Then came the day of the unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. So Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us that we may eat it. And they said to him, where will you have us prepare it? And he said to them, behold, when you have entered the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him into the house that he enters and tell the master of the house, the teacher says to you, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? You see, when we partake in the Lord's Supper together, it's not just eating cracker, a little cracker. It's not just eating or drinking a little juice so that we can wrap up the service and go home. It has huge significance in our life as followers of Christ Jesus. It is a time for us to remember and celebrate and worship Jesus for everything he accomplished when he suffered and he died on the cross. It is a time for us to come together and break bread and eat together as a faith family and to remember that he is Lord, that he is the one that is so worthy of our worship because he is our Savior. That's why we do it. It's not just a little cracker. It's symbolic of a great sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for us. And he says, do this together. So when we celebrate, I know I've been celebrating all day. I, I stopped by the land this past week and just walked around there and just came to tears thinking about all that God has accomplished in our life. I worship God individually as I just walked around on the land, bawling like a baby. I was so glad you wasn't there. You wouldn't have seen, you'd have seen this grown man cry, you know. And I was wiping the tears as I heard the cars go by, you know. But it was, it was great. It was awesome. It was worship because... And it was just me and God, but today, we're here today, and we celebrate together, and there's great purpose behind us celebrating together. You see, we, we do life together, we, we learn together, we grow together, we move across the Jordan together, we camp out and we observe Him together, and we prepare for where He will continue to send us together. What an amazing passage of Scripture. This morning, I want to celebrate some things before we partake in the Lord's Supper. You know, I think there's three things that we need to celebrate through, through, uh, at the end of this message here. Three things that we need to celebrate. The first thing that we should celebrate are the transformed lives that have taken place in the life of this church. Amen? How many of you are thankful for the work, the mighty work of God in the individual lives of so many? I am so thankful that God continues to change lives. He continues to save. He continues to sanctify. He continues to disciple us through the moving of His Holy Spirit in our lives. 
I am thankful for transformed lives. I'm thankful for my transformed life. I'm thankful for your transformed life. I'm thankful that God is here today moving among us and standing among us and with us today, moving in his great power to radically change lives even today. I'm thankful for that. But also we celebrate what God has done in a way of provision through this series. One of the things that we knew we needed to do was to raise money for this new building. And so we began with this series an initiative. It's a three-year initiative. It's not a, it's not a series that I'm talking about now. I'm talking about a three-year initiative that we began six weeks ago, just a little over a month ago. We began, and we've got 35 more months of this to go. We've got a three-year initiative. But let me tell you what God did in the first 30 days of a three-year initiative. Because of your generosity, we have raised in 30 days $1.1 million. Amen? That is worthy of celebration right there. In 30 days, because of your generosity, we deposited $300,000 in the bank. That's already in the bank. With pledges for $800,000 more over the next 30 days. And we're not done yet. We will accomplish our vision because we've got 35 more months to fulfill this, this goal that we have set. But let me tell you what your generosity has done. Your generosity that took place two weeks ago with our Go offering has allowed us to continue to moving forward in that which God has called. We are able to break ground today at 5 o'clock because of your generosity. We are able to celebrate the groundbreaking and the beginning of construction on a new facility. Tonight we celebrate that because of what God has done in 30 days. Amen. I wish I could share with you so much other stuff that's just on the brink of being a testimony to God's greatness, but I'll have to wait till it comes through to share that with you. But God is moving. God is moving in a huge way. But more importantly than that, God is providing. He is providing. So we celebrate transformed lives. We celebrate an amazing Go Offering Sunday. But let me tell you what we must remember to celebrate. And we must because this is the most important thing. We must remember to celebrate our redemption through Christ Jesus. Because everything we've done is an investment into the lives of people. Everything that we want to continue to do is an investment into the lives of people. In just a moment, we're going to be partaking in the Lord's Supper. And that is how we together will celebrate our redemption. The Lord's Supper is significant. I've already said that. But in just a few moments, we're going to have an opportunity to partake together, to eat together, to do life together, and ultimately worship together. Here's the key application of this passage, and I hope you, I hope you get this. If you walk out of here with just one thing, uh, take this with you. The key application of this passage is this, is that God is worthy of our praise and our honor and our worship. Let me say that again. God is so worthy of our praise and our honor and our worship. He is worthy to be glorified. He is worthy because He is, he is worthy. He's God. 
And so today, as we partake in the Lord's Supper, we want to remember this. Let me finish uh, reading with you a passage out of Luke chapter 2. We read that one earlier where Jesus says, I want to observe the the Lord's Supper with my disciples. I want to observe the Passover with my disciples. Let me show you how this story ends. In Luke chapter 22, verses 14 through 20, we see these words. And when the hour had come, he, meaning Jesus, he reclined at the table. And the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. The gospel teaches us a lot about Jesus' suffering on the cross. When we eat that little cracker, we are remembering the broken body of Jesus. The suffering that he endured. He said, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. This morning, we celebrate the redemption that we have through Christ Jesus. In just a few moments, the band's going to come up and they're going to lead us in the last song. And I pray, my prayer is that as we sing this last song, as, as Spence calls us to stand up, as he calls us to sing this last song, that this would be a song where we prepare our hearts for the Lord's Supper. I pray that you would use this time to, to reflect on who Christ is and what He has accomplished for you. I pray that, that you would use this time as we sing this last song to maybe even confess of any unrepented sin in your life. God's Word teaches us that we should not approach the altar, that we should not approach the Lord's Supper without checking ourselves, without praying and asking God to reveal any unconfessed sin. Use this time to confess if that's what needs to take place in your life. I love what Paul said when he was writing to the apostles who were dealing with a lot of divisiveness in the church. He said, whoever therefore eats of the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. So let us not do that. Let us use this time, this time of worship in this last song as a time to prepare our hearts. Let us prepare and let us pray. Let us pray that God would continue to expand our faith. Let us pray that God would continue to reveal His will for our life as we move together. Embracing His calling and His commissioning to reach the city for Christ. Let us pray and ask God to prepare our hearts as we remember the great work that He has done for us. Jesus died. His blood was spilled for the atonement 
of our sins. Let us be ready to celebrate and worship him together through the Lord's Supper. I'm going to pray, and then let us stand and sing and respond and pray and consider all those things, and then we will partake and worship together. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you, Father, for your presence in our life. Thank you, Father, that despite our lack of faith sometimes in our life, that, God, that you are, you are so capable and intentional about revealing to us our lack of faith that we may, we may respond to the challenges that you've placed in front of us and grow in our faith. Father, I pray that as the church, I pray that as a local body of believers who gather each and every week to, to celebrate your goodness, God, that we would, we would remember the great things that you have accomplished in our life and continue to move forward believing and trusting and even knowing, God, where you lead, we will go. God, thank you for every great thing that you have done. But more than that, thank you for who you are. Thank you for your holiness. Thank you for your righteousness. Thank you, Father, for your greatness. Thank you for, for everything that you are. Lord, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.